Hi, sixth graders. Um, today, this is Mrs. Graham. Uh, I'm going to read to you from the Westing Game uh, by Ellen Raskin, Chapter 2, Ghosts or Worse. So if you want to follow along with me um, on the digital version, that's fine, or you could just listen. On September 1st, the Chosen Ones, and the mistake, moved in. A wire fence had been erected along the north side of the building. On it, a sign warned, No trespassing. Property of the Westing Estate. The newly paved driveway curved sharply and doubled back on itself rather than breach the city-county line. Sunset Tower stood on the far edge of town. On September 2nd, Shin Hu's restaurant, specializing in authentic Chinese cuisine, held its grand opening. Only three people came. It was indeed an exclusive neighborhood, too exclusive for Mr. Hu. However, the less expensive coffee shop that opened on the parking lot was kept busy serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner to tenants ordering up and to workers from nearby Westingtown. Sunset Towers was a quiet, well-run building and except for the grumbling Mr. Who, the people who lived there seemed content. Neighbor greeted neighbor with good morning or good evening or a friendly smile and grappled with small problems behind closed doors. The big problems were yet to come. Now it was the end of October. A cold raw wind whipped dead leaves around the ankles of the four people grouped in the Sunset Tower's driveway but not one of them shivered, not yet. The stocky, broad-shouldered man in the doorman's uniform, standing with feet spread, fists on hips, was Sandy McSouthers. The two slim, trim high school seniors, shielding their eyes against the stinging chill, were Theo Diderakis and Doug Hu. The small, wiry man pointing to the house on the hill was Otis Amber, the 62-year-old delivery boy. They faced north, gaping like statues cast in the moment of discovery until Turtle Wexler, her kite tail of a braid flying behind her, raced her bicycle into the driveway. Look, look, there's smokes. There's smoke coming from the chimney of the Westinghouse. The others had seen it. What did they think they were looking at anyway? Sorry, what did she think they were looking at anyway? Turtle leaned on the handlebars, panting for breath. Sunset Towers was near excellent schools, as Barney Northrop had promised, but the junior high was four miles away. Do you think, do you think old man Westing's up there? Nah, Otis Amber, the old delivery boy, answered. Nobody's seen him for years. Supposed to be living on a private island in the South Seas, he is. But most folks says he's dead. Long gone dead. They say his corpse is still up there in that big old house. They say his body is sprawled out on a fancy oriental rug, and his flesh is rotting off those mean bones, and maggots are creeping in his eye sockets and crawling out his nose holes. The delivery boy added a high-pitched hee-hee-hee to the gruesome details. Now someone shivered. It was Turtle. 
Serves him right, Sandy said. At other times, a cheery fellow, the doorman often complained bitterly about having been fired from his job of 20 years in the Westing paper mill. But somebody must be up there. Somebody alive, that is. He pushed back the gold-braided cap and squinted at the house through his steel-framed glasses, as if expecting the curling smoke to write the answer in the autumn air. Maybe it's those kids again. Nah, couldn't be. What kids? The three kids wanted to know. Why, those two unfortunate fellows from Westingdown. What unfortunate fellows? The three heads twisted from the doorman to the delivery boy. Doug who tucked, sorry, Doug who ducked Turtle's whizzing braid. Touch her precious pigtail, even by accident, and she'll kick you in the shins, the brat. He couldn't chance an injury to his legs, not with the big meat coming. The track star began to jog in place. Horrible. It was horrible. Otis Amber said with a shudder that sent the loose straps of his leather aviator's helmet swinging around about his long, thin face. Come to think of it, it happened exactly one year ago tonight, on Halloween. What happened? Theo Diderakis asked impatiently. He was late for work in the coffee shop. Tell him, Otis, Sandy urged. The delivery boy stroked the gray stubble on his pointed chin. Seems it all started with a bet. Somebody bet them a dollar they couldn't stay in that spooky house five minutes. One measly buck. The poor kids hardly got through those French doors on this side of the Westinghouse when they came tearing out like they was being chased by a ghost. Chased by a ghost, or worse. Or worse. Turtle forgot her throbbing toothache. Theo Diderakis and Doug Who, older and more worldly-wise, exchanged winks, but stayed to hear the rest of the story. One fellow ran crazy-like, screaming his head off. He never stopped screaming till he hit the rocks at the bottom of the cliff. The other fellow hasn't said but two words since. Something about purple. Sandy helped him out. Purple waves. Otis Amber nodded sadly. Yep. That poor fella just sits in the state of silence, saying, Purple waves, purple waves, over and over again, and his scared eyes keep staring at his hands. You see, when he came running out of the Westinghouse, his hands was dripping with warm red blood. Now all three shivered. Poor kid, the doorman said. All that pain and suffering for a dollar bet. Make it two dollars for each minute I stay in there and you're on, Turtle said. Someone was spying on this group in the driveway. From the win front window of apartment 2D, 15-year-old Chris Didarakis watched his brother, Theo, shake hands, it must be a bet, with the skinny, one-pigtailed girl and rush into the lobby. The family coffee shop would be busy now. His brother should have been working the counter half an hour ago. Chris checked the wall clock. Two more hours before Theo would bring up his dinner, then he would tell him about the limper. Earlier that afternoon, Chris had followed the flight of a purple martin. This was is a bird, and he gives the Latin a name for the bird, Prague subis, across the field of brambles, through the oaks, up to the red maple on the hill. The bird flew off, but something else caught his eye. Someone, 
he could not tell if it was a person, was if the person was a man or a woman, came out of the shadows on the lawn, unlocked the French doors, and disappeared into the Westing house. Someone with a limp. Minutes later, smoke began to rise from the chimney. Once again, Chris turned toward the side window and scanned the house on the cliff. The French doors were closed. Heavy drapes hung full against the 17 windows he had counted so many times. They didn't need drapes on the special glass windows here in Sunset Towers. He could see out, but nobody could see in. Then why did he sometimes feel that someone was watching him? Who could be watching him? God? If God was watching, then why was he like this? The binoculars fell to the boy's lap. His head jerked, his body coiled, lashed by violent spasms. Relax. Theo will come soon. Relax. Soon the geese will be flying south in a V, Canada goose. Relax. Relax and watch the wind tangle the smoke and blow it toward Westingtown. And that's the end of chapter two. Um, and in the comment section today, we want you to name one of Turtle Wexler's character traits. Okay, she has many. What would one of her character traits be? And we'll hear more tomorrow.